0: i Spaces Welcome to the Ether. Today is Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. This episode of the Ether is brought to you by WeFund. WeFund is a community crowdfunding cross chain incubator on Terra and it's the first launch pad that implements a milestone funding release system to protect investors. All money raised for projects is deposited in Anchor Protocol and it's refundable, and all decisions are based on community voting power. We fund is community focused and designed to be a user friendly experience for both project creators and investors. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the Telegram for more information. Links are in the show notes and check them out online at WeFund.app. This episode of the Ether is also brought to you by Talus. Talus Protocol is the NFT platform for independent artists on Terra. Talos helps to provide artists with the tools and resources needed to transition from traditional art into the NFT world. With their V1 launch coming soon, Talos will be the place to see real-world art reflected on Terra. Be sure to join their Telegram and follow Talus on Twitter for updates on their roadmap validator and other talus news find your next favorite artist on talus dot art terra appreciates the support from all our sponsors today on the ether the loop finance ama hosted by orbital command let's take a listen
1: hey guys uh, there's tom tom and simon are on the call today how are you guys doing
0: great how are you
1: fantastic thank you we'll give uh about a minute here we'll sort of set, set the stage and uh basically i can see simon's just jumped on as a speaker too um and then we'll get the ball rolling basically the format today uh is just going to be you know probably five minute little quick introduction here uh, then we'll dive deep i'll ask you guys some questions over the next sort of 20 30 minutes and then anyone who's jumped on at that point uh, and is listening, who wants to ask some questions, they've uh, they've got the floor sort of for that last 20, half an hour there just to dive deep into any questions that they may have. Sound good? Oh, have I got-
2: yeah, epic.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Sounds great. Um, go- is that
2: another Australian accent I detect there?
1: Yes, indeed. I think you guys are actually around the corner from me. You're on the Goldie, yeah?
2: Uh, Simon is. I'm in Melbourne.
1: Yes, okay. I was originally I, – I was uh, – a Melbourneite for a good seven years, and I left during the mass exodus of uh, April last year when all the lockdowns were happening,
2: and I migrated. Yeah, north. right.
3: <laughs> I was like, yeah.
2: oh, yes. so I, I, I just missed it, I think. I was, by the time I realised that I should have left, it was too late. <laughs> we I, couldn't leave anymore.
1: Is it, kind of, is it kind of getting somewhat normal again down there?
2: No, it's normal. It's back to normal. Yeah. I mean, people are still scared to go out of their homes. I think everyone's got kind of like PTSD. Sure. Yeah. Uh, apparently, if you lock a dog in a cage for long enough, then even after you open the door, it just stays in the cage. And I think that's what people in Melbourne are like. Sure. I've seen the same thing done with uh,
1: <laughs> elephant training too. And they have them tied to the, the stick. Actually, They uh, they grow up and they grow big and still mentally of breaking free of the stick. So.
2: Um, they just stick there. Yeah, I think that's what we're all like, unfortunately.
1: <laughs> um, look, anyway. What I'll do, I'll, I've got you guys here. I can see we've also got Jay, who I believe is part of the Loop Finance team. Yes, she is. Loop Finance, Cons and ops. Cool. Well, look, what I'll do here, guys, we'll just get into it. Um, this is recorded. So all the spaces that we do are recorded by TerraSpaces. So shout out to Finn and the guys there. Um, you guys will be able to check this all out later on. If you missed the start of it, uh, that is available on terraspaces.org. With that being said, gentlemen, welcome. Thank you so much for being here. Would love to uh, pick some, pick some, pick your brains today. I've been doing some reading over the last couple of days about you guys, um, and I'm still yet to really dive deep as far as you know my personal use of Loop. But what I'm really quite impressed with is the amount of things that you're doing. Right, so at the moment, obviously you guys are at dex, you've got an n f t launch pad, you've got an education section, you know you've got the loop wallet, which I believe is coming out shortly may not may already be out. I'm not sure um so I want to dig into each of those components uh and find out a bit about that but before we do that, what's the history like what's the short history of loop? How did you get started? what inspired it?
2: um oof, I don't know if there's a short version I can give you like the condensed version, maybe sure, let's do that um i I built a like a the community aspect, what is now the community aspect of loop, um, on the EOS blockchain actually. Started that back in like two thousand seventeen. We launched in two thousand eighteen, you know, when the EOS mainnet launched. Um EOS was kind of being hyped at the time and unfortunately we we um drank the Kool-Aid and, and believed all the all the bullshit, um, but that's another story. Um, anyway, about I guess a year or so ago, probably a bit more now. I um, started investigating Luna um, through Nicholas Flamel, who just you know kept sh- sh- shelling the shelling the hell out of it, um, which I'm very grateful to him for. <laughs> um, so you know, after seeing so many of his posts, I was like, okay, I better check this out. I uh, checked out um, Luna, got into Terra realized what, you know, how good the tokenomics were of um, Luna and obviously, you know, how important a decentralized stablecoin would become within the whole sort of crypto industry. Um, and at that time, there were literally, I think the only app on Terra was um, TerraSwap. Like, I don't even think Mirror was around yet. Um, so at that time I reached out to Doe, and I was like, oh, look, we were interested in building something on Terra. It looks like, um, you know, you need a new Dex, uh, cause Terra swap was pretty basic. And he's like, yeah, that'd be awesome. Build a Dex. Um, so we started building a Dex and then... Yeah, after like we after a while I guess decided to actually migrate what was the tribe platform which was kind of like the community article platform over onto terra as well. Um so we did that and then from there yeah we've just been building out different different products. Um we have a secret weapon who is the other Simon, uh, not this Simon who's been he's been in software development for like 15 years now, used to run a dev shop. So he's super used to building, you know, sort of five or six products at a time. Um, And so, yeah, we've just sort of been building out. I guess there's just so much sort of, you know, so many things that need building in the Terra ecosystem, really, um, that we're sort of trying to build not as many of them as possible, but we're kind of trying to build, I guess, like a coherent set of, Or suite of products that all work together nicely and kind of feed into each other yeah so that's it
1: right and are you yourself tom are you a developer too or what's your specific role
2: no i can't code for shit um (laughs) i'm more of like i guess a software entrepreneur is probably (laughs) probably the best title yeah i mean i've worked in software development for, for, for a long time i mean 20 years in digital marketing as well. Um, but I've never never wanted to dive too deeply into coding. I mean, of course, I can do some basic coding, but it's not really my thing. Um, yeah, I work more on like the product management side and, and on the business side.
1: Got it. And for the sake of kind of understanding how big the team is, like you guys have been going for a little while. Uh, obviously, you're back in the EOS days. At this point, how big is your team? Like how many people are working...
2: <laughs> Yeah, it's it's actually huge. Um I think there must be at least look, I haven't done a count recently, but I'd say close to 50 people. Yeah, if you include all our devs, all our marketing team, the business team, the Loop Ventures team, um yeah, probably I'd say between 40 and 50. <laughs> that was way bigger than i expected that's um yeah that's how we managed to to create so many products because basically we have a a separate team on each product
1: yeah yeah okay that makes sense because as I was, as i was looking through i was just like man there's a lot of there're there a lot of moving parts here and i was like surely it's not just you know a handful of people um so good on you for that and you based is everyone else based in australia or is it kind of scattered around the world
2: no, we're all over the we're all over the place. Yeah, I'd say the majority of like the core business team is based in Australia, but then the marketing teams are all over the world and the devs are all over the world. so yeah, we're pretty, pretty decentralized.: Fantastic, and so most people
1: that listen to this will probably already know that you are a dex on Terra, um, or one of, one of a couple of dexes that are available on Terra at the moment. Are you able to sort of, for anyone that may not know? point out sort of the points of difference that you bring to the table as opposed to something like you know an astro core for example
2: yeah of course um i mean at the moment i guess there's not a lot of difference between any of the dexes i mean they all serve the same basics you know pull swap sort of farm function except terra swap doesn't have any sort of farming function which is why we actually built loop in the first place but our sort of our sort of medium term goal, I guess, for the DEX is to become more than a DEX. And that is why we're building out the NFT, uh, the DeFi NFT marketplace. And essentially what the role of that is, is to help uh, protocols own their own liquidity uh, by, by creating LP NFT bonds, uh, which they can then sell on the marketplace and that locks in liquidity for them. Um, so, you know, we've kind of realized that this farming model is not that sustainable. Um, you know, you can see it in a lot of protocols. They they have a high emission rate. You know, to begin with, by incentivizing liquidity providers, uh, and then of course their token tanks because you know they've released a lot of tokens. And as soon as the market goes down, everyone freaks out. And you know, newer projects are always hit the hardest. I guess in, in you know in in poor market conditions. Um, So, yeah, we've realized that obviously farming is sort of not a long-term sustainable method of attracting liquidity or keeping liquidity, and that it's much better for protocols to own their own liquidity. Um, So, yeah, our DeFi NFT marketplace is designed to sort of solve that problem. And then, of course, all of the liquidity will be locked into the loop decks, which benefits us as well as benefiting the protocol so yeah, that's kind of our long term, like when I say long term, I mean, you know, three to six months, <laughs> that's, that's, that's long term in crypto. Um, so yeah, that's, how, that's our vision and that's how we sort of are going to attempt to, I guess, define ourselves compared to other DEXs out there. And that's not just other DEXs on Terra, that's other DEXs, you know, across the entire crypto ecosystem.
1: This is a really interesting play. This is a uh, super unique. This whole idea of having protocols launch their own NFTs as a means of uh, creating their own, pro- you know, protocol alone liquidity. Um, I can see. I've just jumped onto that section of the website now, and I can see that the NFT market's not live. Do you have like a? Do you have a timeframe of roughly when that's going to go live?
2: Yeah. Look, we're hoping within the next sort of, I guess, four weeks that we're going to be uh, releasing an MVP at least of of the marketplace, and then you know, yeah, soon after that we'll have a a range of different functionality available. Sure. And, of course,
1: I think part of the uptake for that as well as you know, first and foremost protocols knowing that this is an option and, two, uh, like they'd have to create the NFT collection themselves. too. So that's like another added for them. I guess that's another element of work that has to be done. Have you spoken with many protocols already about
2: using this function? Uh, Yeah, we've got a few who we've already talked to. Um, I think the first one, apart from doing it ourselves, obviously will be with, um, we're going to do one with Lunart and we're looking at doing one with White Whale as well. Um, So obviously, you know, we need a few kind of early adopters uh, to prove out the concept. And then I think, you know, once it's been, you know, if it's Hopefully if it gets proven as a, as a viable option and people are interested in these bonds, um, then obviously other, it'll be a lot easier to get other protocol, protocols on board. Sure.
1: So that's actually – I find this really fascinating and I haven't – you know, I was listening to the, uh, the Terra Crumbs interview you did recently and uh, they touched on this briefly, but it's just I feel like there's so much more depth to it than what's been covered so far. As far as like the mechanisms of how it's like how it's working and how are the uh you know the APRs being detected like obviously well actually no I'll leave that answer to you how are the APRs being determined on these
3: yield
2: <laughs> bearing NFTs? Well, when you purchase an NFT, it will come with a, a certain number of tokens which will be vested over a certain period of time. Um, so say I per- you have to. First of all, you have to buy the NFTs with LP tokens. Um, so, say I buy an NFT with thousand dollars worth of NFT, uh, worth of LP tokens, five hundred dollars worth of Loop, and five hundred dollars worth of UST, for example. Um, and then it will the API will be based on the current price of Loop, and maybe for that particular NFT, the yield will be, you know, five thousand Loop tokens paid out over three months. Um, and then obviously the the APR will be based on that and based on the current price of loop. But if the price of loop changes, the APR is going to change. So, you know, if tomorrow the price of loop doubles after I buy that NFT, the APR on the NFT doubles. If it halves, it halves. So, yeah, it's based on the current price of, um, of the token, which is being which is being yielded and on how many of those tokens are left obviously and you know over what time frame interesting so just just, just it... in the same way just in the same way the farming APRs are calculated basically it's very similar to the way the farming APRs are calculated the only difference is is that farming APRs also take in the the TVL of the pool you know which can vary at any time Um, so, you know, if someone locks in more liquidity into the pool, the APRs are going to go down on that farm. Whereas with the NFTs, there's no, it's not being influenced by the liquidity in the pool because it's just a fixed number of tokens over a fixed amount of time.
1: Huh. Very cool. And with the NFTs themselves, do they become like, are they essentially, that that NFT is like just a representation of the action that's happening there and that NFT, is it like locked up for... Three months, or like, is there a, well one? Is there a lockup period? Are they tradable NFTs? Like,
2: how does that work? Yeah, they're tradable. Um, in order to get the yield on them, you have to stake them. So, what, while they're staked, you collect yield. And if you unstake them at any point, it sort of pauses that yield um, to enable you to, s- to sort of send it or trade it or do whatever you want with it. And then you can just restake it or a new owner can restake it at any time and, and collect the remaining day's yield on that NFT. So it becomes like a tradable position, essentially, you know, in future, in future tokens.
1: That is a really interesting idea. Cool. Okay. I'm, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, very, I'm very fascinated to see how this plays out. And, of course, you know, you, you've got Lunar and White Whale jumping on in the not-too-distant future, it
2: seems. Um, Yeah, look, back to your question before about projects. I mean, yes, you're right. It is extra work on, you know, on the project's part that they have to create an NFT collection, but a lot of projects are actually looking at creating NFT collections these days anyway, Um, you know, and they can actually add further utility to those NFTs as well. So they don't just have to be, you know, yield tokens. They could add sort of extra functionality, which is related to their protocol. Um, to the NFTs, which is cool. And the other thing is, I mean, the other option for protocols is obviously to partner up with artists um, who are already creating, you know, cool NFT collections, and then they could do a collaboration where the artist is the one who creates the, you know, the artwork for the NFTs and then the protocol provides the yield for those NFTs. Um, or there's, you know, platforms obviously like Dystope AI who, you know, can can generate lots of NFTs Work really quickly, so yeah, there's a whole lot of options, I guess, um, for for protocols looking to to get involved.
1: Yeah, I'm actually talking with uh, Desktop AI tomorrow, which I'm looking forward to. I think they're a really cool project. But um, will will there be a function available for people or for protocols rather to find uh, artists within Loop? Like, will there be perhaps you know like a matchmaking function within Loop where it's like, hey, here's our community of, of uh, artists that want to develop nfts or have experience developing nfts uh and then you know uh, white whale or whoever jumps on
2: and says great let's use this artist they've got awesome artwork is that going to be something that will be available on loop yeah look that's a cool idea it's not something that we've thought about doing i mean a platform maybe like lunart could be great for that because obviously they're you know part of their concept is bringing artists into the nft space um or maybe a third you know a third party will pop up doing that or yeah it's look it's potentially something we could look at developing in the future but it's, at the moment it's not on the roadmap as part of the, the platform cool idea though
1: yeah i think that's it yeah I, I would love to see that i think you're i think you're onto something with this um this idea that protocols are going to start wanting to have their own nft collections because there's a certain allegiance that happens when people use, you know, for example, most people are on Anchor. Um, and so there's a certain allegiance to Anchor. And then, of course, as new protocols roll out, Mars or, you know, as Prism's come out as well. And there's a bunch, of course, that you're aware of. I think, yeah, there are people that would want to be like a, I guess, recognize one as a, you know, a super fan, for want of a better word, for that, while also uh, generating yield on those NFTs. So I think I think you're probably ahead of the
2: curve on that one. Um Great. Right. Let's hope so. let's hope so. <laughs> Fingers crossed. It's it's a bit of an experiment like a lot of things in DeFi, but um yeah, it definitely seems to solve a problem um especially, you know, the farming problem and the the emissions problem for a lot of protocols. So Correct. Let's, let, let's hope that um, you know, the mar- it'll it's yet to be seen whether or not the markets into it sure the time pub, will the, tell the, the public uh you know interested in buying these types of products but you know everything points to, to to yes sure
1: yeah i think look that's the case with a lot of new technology and a new uh not even necessarily technology but just a, a lot of new mm, vehicles of and ways of doing things it's like you know vr for example is only now getting traction but it's been around since the late 80s early 90s and so it's like it was just too far ahead of its time um And so, of course, the market decides when the time is right. So, I'll be really curious to see how this plays out. I'll be watching for sure. Um, Yeah, we're we're
2: we're curious as well, to be honest. So, yeah, Yeah. I think we're we're scientists at heart. You know, we like to experiment and see see what happens.
1: Yeah, I respect that. I can see that you've been sort of doing that with a lot of different things. Um, Of course, you know, you've had your UST UST pools come out recently, and there's a whole bunch of things that are happening, which we're going to sort of make our way through over the next, you know, ten fifteen. But um, moving from the NFTs here, let's go into obviously the other offerings. You've got your decks. You've got the education. I know the education section or, or Luke Learn rather. Um, it's happening soon. The launch is happening soon, yeah? Or is it's it already, already happening? Or is it here? It's here.
4: Yeah. Um, it's, new, new, Actually, new videos coming out today. Just waiting on a couple of bugs, uh, making sure everything's all good to go. But we've already launched the first seven videos and um, we've got none of out of five coming today, including the first uh, two Terra videos.
1: Ah, congratulations! So I'm just clicking through to see if I can access it now. This is on the Learn tab, is it?
4: Yeah, click on the Learn tab.
2: Mm, beautiful. Yeah. So we'll have had a few server issues, so it's a little bit slow to load today. But um, the videos are amazing, Simon. He has done an amazing job with the the scripts and also the production quality is is insane. So yeah, definitely check those out.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, I'm on the page now. I can see okay, seven lessons, intro to crypto, DeFi loop finance, core Terra projects. Okay, so you're highlighting some things that are happening in Terra. Great. So this is just basically this will be the onboarding place for normies. If we want to bring someone to Terra and we want them to understand how this ecosystem works, we can literally just say, go to learn.loop.markets dot markets and there's, you know, there's your there's your starting point.
2: Exactly. Yeah, look, I've already, you know. Sent a few people there. People obviously ask me all the time, "Hey, how can I learn more about crypto?" And it's it's really the perfect way. I mean, it's perf- you know it's perfectly designed for that. Bringing people on board who know literally nothing about crypto or blockchain, and sort of you know giving them a, a path um, which is easy to follow and easy to understand and very engaging and also done in like quite a succinct way. So it's not going to take them weeks or months. It's going to take them literally an hour or so or a few hours once all the videos are up.
1: Sure. And I can see, yeah, I like that you've got it segmented too where there's going to be beginners, intermediates, advanced, so on and so forth. As far as I I remember hearing a podcast from you two, well actually it was Simon or maybe it was yourself, Tom. I'm talking a few months ago. Um, and you were talking about how there essentially is
2: incentives. It's like being paid to learn. Can you tell us a little bit about how that actually works? Yeah, maybe Simon. Simon, do you want to cover that off?
4: Yeah. So uh, just, just want to touch on really quick the power of the Learn platform because uh, it's understanding, and I did a video on this recently, uh, it's an ecosystem, right? So, you know, Loop's an ecosystem with different parts that connect into each other. And, you know, we've got a community, quite a large community, um, which acts as an important uh, SEO source, right? So we're getting a lot of Google searches come in, that come onto the platform, they come into the community. So we, we firstly need a way to capture uh, those users that come on. You know, if we we, we think of, I think the the mass of something like five hundred thousand, you know, mm. accounts a month, right? Jumping on our platform through through SEO or something ridiculous, right? So firstly, we need somewhere to capture all those new users. A lot of them are beginners on Google, going searching, you know, what is crypto, what is Terra, all this sort of stuff. So firstly, it acts as a capture mechanism. Secondly, it has its own traffic source. So the, the whole aim is to create this, this incredible uh, earn-to-learn uh, education platform, which is an onboarder for Terra, crypto, and, you know, obviously it serves Loop. Once we've got this, uh, it's a, it's basically like a, a big lead magnet, right? And we have, you know, we put people into the pipeline. They learn about crypto. They learn about Loop. They learn about Terra, all the ecosystem projects. Um, and then we can obviously funnel them to loop through incentives. So the whole idea here is to offer, um, we're thinking more down the lines of NFT uh, incentives than just paying out tokens, as firstly, is more of an emotional connection and it doesn't create huge emissions. So the whole idea is to uh, reward people with NFTs and then work on building some utility and functionality in them where they can. Possibly burn, you know, 10 NFTs and get some advantages on the decks, like reduce fees, or we're still working out the metrics of that. Um, But the whole idea is, yeah, to to have this earn-to-learn mechanism which incentivizes people to learn, to be more engaged with the videos, to get through the gamification of the learning process. Uh, And we're building in things like on-chain actions where they watch a video on, you know, liquidity pools, Right. And then, you know, we, they have to go and actually perform that action. And when they perform that action, it checks they've done it and then they get rewarded. So it allows, you know, people to learn by learning and by doing as well, getting rewarded, keeping them in the ecosystem. Once they've already made a wallet, funded it, use the DEX, the chances of them being a user and staying a user are much higher.
1: Mm, very cool. I think, is it, uh, I think Coinbase has something similar. what I am correct in saying that?
4: Yeah, but ours is a lot better. So the way that Coinbase does it is they basically just put up almost like a landing page with a couple of tabs and they, you know, each project pays a certain amount of tokens to learn about their project, right? Uh, The problem with Coinbase Earn is it's not targeted to really teach people about crypto. It, It Literally, it's just like you can jump on, pick a project, watch five videos and if you're a complete beginner, you might still not understand the topics because they're going to talk about validators. They're going to talk about all this complex stuff. And there's no actual learning flow, whereas the way we've done it is strategically place it. So firstly, you're learning about basics of crypto. You're learning about all the, the concepts of crypto, the terminologies, everything. Then, you know, Terra. What is Terra? How does it work? How to set up your wallet? You know, how to set up a ledger? How to fund your wallet? We've got a video coming with Ramp. Um, all this stuff, right? Then, you know getting into DeFi indexes and then ecosystem projects rather than you just plastering ecosystem projects up and, you know, kind of hoping that beginners are going to jump on. So it's very, very different. It's a very different animal. This is kind of like the, the the Coinbase earn on steroids.
1: Yeah. It actually sounds like when you were describing Coinbase and it almost sounded like it's protocols just paying users to, to be pitched to <laughs> in a way. So whether or not that's actually what it is, it's, you know, it's yeah. sounded it a little bit. So if you're not that's, that and you're that- –
2: yeah that's kind of what it is like to be honest it's just protocols paying people to uh watch their advertising videos um but i mean the the other advantage here as simon said is that people actually are going to have to perform the actions on chain in order to get the reward which you know will probably be nfts so in a way they have to actually prove that they have learnt and absorbed the information and that they're then you know they've done whatever's required so that that in itself is sort of taking it to the next level, I guess.
1: That's fantastic. And has that been mostly you developing that, Simon? Is that I imagine that would be quite a quite a time-consuming process getting this one this this function alone off the ground.
4: Yeah, well, I got support from the whole team, and you know, got devs working on it, got animators working with TFL. Um, You know, obviously the the videos they, they've they've put up a big amount of community videos. Um, I think there's two hundred sixteen videos coming over this year, so. Uh, soon there's kind of going to be like a baton handing over where uh, ecosystem projects are going to start building videos. And so we're going to kind of hit that inflection point. We've made a lot of education videos and we're going to have all the projects making their own explainers and they'll be hosted on the site as well. Uh, I just want to touch on one last bit that's really important. And I think, you know, it's easy to overlook this, but it's if you look behind the scenes, understand how it all interconnects. So we've got a community, right? And community is so important you know, for DeFi and, and projects. So loop learn. Where, where's the next? You know, after they've learned about loop learn, or once they're going through loop learn, where do you think the next progression is for their learning, and the next progression is for their, their education experience? Right. Well, we can then funnel them into the community where they can engage with writers, content creators, all this sort of stuff. Ask questions, be supported, build a community and the community page. They earn NFTs, uh, and the NFTs, obviously, they will go and trade them on the NFT marketplace. So they're automatically going to be, you know, funneled into an NFT marketplace. They're going to be funneled into a DEX. They're going to be funneled into a community page. And then, you know, obviously, uh, I don't know if we've touched on this before, but, you know, revenues, having a, a like a, a one token that has multiple revenue sources that can be funneled into that token is super powerful. Like most DEXs, if they funnel revenues into their token, um, right, into this for their stakers and they distribute that revenue, they've only got one product because we've got a whole ecosystem, right? It all funnels into that. So it's, it's a very um, powerful thing.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's. Thank you for clarifying all that, because that actually ties into one of the next questions I had you, which was around uh, the community writers that you've currently already got, the ones that are you know putting on art, uh, putting up articles in the uh, on the Loop website. That if I'm not mistaken, so you just said they're, they're going to earn NFTs. Are they not also already earning uh, Looper tokens?
2: Yeah, so the community authors earn the LoopR token, exactly. Um, I think Simon is referring to people who um, use LoopLearn. They'll be the ones who are earning NFTs. So that's kind of the the top of the funnel, I guess, is LoopLearn. You know, it's like their first exposure to crypto, and then they move down the funnel. Next stage is obviously the community, which is more kind of keeping up to date with you know, what's happening in the Terra ecosystem and, you know, what's new, et cetera, and then further down from there, obviously interacting with our various DeFi protocols like the DEX and then the NFT marketplace, et cetera.
1: Right. Okay, gotcha. So I've got that uh, clear distinction now between the two. Um, with the with the writers, though, earning the Loop R tokens, there's a couple of things that I'm curious about. One is, and I'm still trying to figure this out, what is the difference between the Loop R and the Loop token itself? Um and then for the writers, how like how much are they earning? You know, what's what sort of
2: um yeah, the loop I, the loop token is kind of the core token. So all the revenue, all the core revenues so from the decks, from the NFT marketplace, etc., is all going to be funneled into the loop token. Um at the moment. When you create content on the community, you learn the, earn the loop bar token. Obviously, Loop R earners or holders also get an airdrop every month of Loop. Um, So I think, you know, round about last month, the highest earner was around about 3,000 Loop or something like that. There was airdrop to them. Um, So that's on top of obviously the value of the Loop R that they've earned. So authors are earning, like good content creators are actually earning... You know, I mean, not obviously not a ton of money. You know, they're not they're not going to be living off it, but it's definitely um, you know a, a reasonable amount uh, for the content that they're creating and for the value that they're providing. Mm. Um, in in the future as well, we'll obviously have specific revenue which is just directed to the Loop R token. So, for example, you know, as we if we build out advertising on the community site. Or other functionality like that, um, that revenue will then be directed um, specifically into the Loop R token itself, which is, yeah, the Loop R token is for anything which happens on, you know, within the community portion of, of the platform.
1: Yeah. Okay. So earlier in the call, you were saying how obviously you're building out this whole ecosystem so that it kind of flows into each other. Obviously, I'm paraphrasing here, but that it all flows into each other and there's a sort of synergy. Um, I really like that idea of the loop tokens being airdropped to the loop R holders. I think this is really well thought out. So, yeah, just acknowledge that. Yeah, well, I for mean, in,
2: at the end of the day, you know, people who are creating content are providing value to the whole platform. I mean, they're bringing in users, they're educating people. And, you know, even if that's not sort of generating direct revenue yet, I mean, you know, if we did advertising, then it could potentially be generating direct revenue. But it's indirectly generating revenue because obviously a lot of those people then end up using our decks or will end up using our nFT marketplace you know so further down the the funnel I guess they they actually become customers so or users so yeah it's it makes sense to to provide value back to those people who who are, are creating that that content fantastic, and
1: what I'll do so usually around about now is usually when I open up the floor for questions. I still have a couple that I do want to get through and so I know they're probably dense questions and I, I, I want to try and make this as succinct as possible but um, you know one of the things that i picked up on recently is this uh, with the Loop Ventures the incubator arm of Loop you know how does it work from the ground up where like how are protocols finding you and how does as far as the incubation process work, and that go like what's happening behind the scenes there
2: um, protocols usually contact us. So we actually get hit up by, you know, lots of people wanting to build on Terra. Um, building on Terra is not that easy at the moment. I mean, you know, building on any blockchain is not that easy, but specifically on Terra, like there's not a lot of documentation. There's not a lot of devs around with experience building on Terra. Um, you know, I mean, we have, like we're in a unique position, I guess, in that, you know, we do have a lot of Experience actually building on on Terra now, and we also have a great community um, that we can we can leverage. Um, so essentially, you know we vet projects who who are looking to to come on board. yeah you know, we 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 actually reject probably ninety percent of them, I'd say, um for you know for one reason or another. Um, we try to choose projects, obviously, which are kind of aligned with our future vision. So rather than just choose any old project who's looking to build on Terra, we actually choose something which we see will sort of fit in with our long-term vision for for Loop. Um, so once we've chosen a project and decided to work with them, then we'll start helping them build out their pitch. We'll help them start building out their tokenomics model, their business model, um, that kind of thing, and then from there, obviously, it helps. Um, help them to, to start the fundraising process. So we have kind of like a private investor portal where we introduce them to private investors um, and then also make connections with all the various launch pads on Terra um, so that they can, can raise funds there as well and then from there once sort of all that process is is done we we sort of help them as well obviously with their marketing so you know building out their twitter and telegram channels uh, that kind of thing and then also all the way through to helping them to start to build out their dev teams um so yeah it's kind of like a i guess a full service um, process and then you know, obviously those projects then become sort of deeply embedded in the, the loop ecosystem. You know, they'll be listed, putting their liquidity on our decks, launching NFTs on our marketplace. You know, creating articles on our community, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Really cool. And
1: you know, in the middle of that, you did say you you probably reject about ninety percent of the the uh, applications that come through. For anyone that might be listening to this who may want to use your services. Um, you know what, what's the key uh, the key criteria for the ten
2: percent that is getting through? <laughs> Good question. Obviously, one as I said, you know they have to kind of, and this is you know no reflection on them, but they just have to, or we want them to sort of fit in with our our longer term vision. I mean we're we're very focused on sort of sustainability and and things like that. So if projects are um, in some way working in that area, then I guess they've got a higher chance of being accepted. The other thing is just you know having a strong team already. I mean you know we can we can support them as much as we can, but if they don't have a strong team um, behind them, then it's it's never going to go anywhere. Um, so you know a, a strong and that's not just necessarily from a development side of things. That's also just you know a, a strong business team who who understands crypto, understands their own product, whatever it is that they're trying to do, and and has experience in that that particular area as well. And we, we really look like Simon, the other Simon always talks about unfair advantages, you know, so we look for a team who in some way has an unfair advantage um, in one way or another, because obviously it's a lot easier to work with teams who already have that um, there. Yeah. And then obviously the business model itself, you know, the business model has to make sense. It has to be some, some revenue going back to the, the token um, and, I guess we have to believe that that revenue model makes sense and that it's actually going to work and that, you know, the public is going to be interested in the product that they're creating. So, yeah, I mean, there's a range of factors, but they're probably the main ones. Super cool. Awesome. Thank you
1: for clearing that one up as well. But what I'll do, I'll I'll ask one last question here before I open the floor up. Um, So anyone who might have some questions now, feel free to, you know, put your hand up, uh, send through a request, and we'll open up the speaker spots in a moment. Uh, I'm going have to another... jump
4: off. Just give me a sec. I'm going to have to jump off. Uh, I've got a call with uh, animators and TFL, but I'll watch the recording um, and keep you keep you going with Tom and and opening up the the floor. Appreciate your time, Simon. Cheers, mate. Thanks, Simon.
3: See ya.
1: So yeah, I caught something uh, recently, one of your interviews, which surprised me, and I'd like to know a bit more about this as well. Which is that you said the main goal is actually to turn Loop into a payment solution for local businesses. Just wondering if you can tell us a bit more about that.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. Like that really is our long term goal, I guess. I mean, you know, I was talking about long term goals before with the NFT marketplace. That's three to six months. This this goal is, let's say, you know, a five year goal. So, what we really want to do is, we want to bring crypto to the masses. I mean, so many crypto projects at the moment, ourselves included are really just sort of preaching to the converted. Do you know what I mean? We're selling products to people who are already into crypto or maybe just getting into crypto, but we're not reaching the mass market. And I I guess we believe that payments is is sort of the perfect way for crypto to do that. I mean, crypto is an excellent payment system. Um, It's essentially designed as a payment system. Um, it's better than, you know, all the existing payment systems, you know, Visa, MasterCard, American Express, bank transfers, et cetera, et cetera. I don't think there's any denying that. Um, so, yeah, our long-term goal is to actually create payment rails so that people can use crypto to pay with local businesses. And, you know, Terra is obviously ideal for this because of all the the sort of um, fiat-pegged stablecoins they offer. Usually, local merchants want to receive their local currency, um, and so yeah, that's that's kind of where we're headed. We're, you know, we're headed there in a, a long, slow, roundabout kind of way. Obviously, we have to build out the infrastructure first, and, and the dex is going to be a core component of that. That will allow people to pay with Luna or Loop or you know any any token they choose, and then the dex can convert that to whatever. Uh, stablecoin the merchant would prefer so you know I can go into a shop pay with loop and it will get converted into AUT or UST or whatever depending on where I am um that the merchant will then receive and that process uh, will eventually use use our dex once it's once it's complete so yeah we actually have a few products that we're already working on in this in this area we're working currently talking to the city of melbourne um which is you know, people probably know Melbourne, one of Australia's largest cities. Um, the city of Melbourne is actually looking at uh, creating an app just for um, for Melburnians, um, where they can explore local businesses and and also earn rewards and and make payments. So you know, especially after COVID, they're kind of trying to rejuvenate the city. I guess, like the, C- the CBD itself. Has lost a lot of foot traffic, and you know people don't go in there so much anymore. So the the city of Melbourne's kind of desperate to revitalize um, that part of the city, and this app that they're creating is is going to be part of that. And yeah, hopefully we're going to actually be providing the the payment solution side to that, and maybe in the future even creating like a Melbourne Melbourne money, which is actually you know a cryptocurrency token on the Terra blockchain. Um, that people can then spend at, at local businesses. So, yeah, we're we're kind of making inroads, uh, slowly working towards that that goal. But it is it's a it's a long term project, obviously. Um, but um, yeah, hopefully we will get there eventually, step by step. Really cool idea,
1: and I think you, you nailed it too. When you said TfL is the uh, or, or Terra is the the perfect place for it, seeing as that you've got you know your EUT, your KRT, you've got all the stable coins of the different countries. So in theory, as long as you've got a, you know, a CW20 token or something that operates on Terra, uh, effectively, you could pay to get a cup of coffee with that and it'll just be converted to that that merchant's preferred stable coin.
2: Exactly. I mean, merchants don't want to receive Bitcoin, you know, especially or, other, you know, other volatile cryptocurrencies. Know, they need to pay wages, they need to pay rent, all of those things are fixed prices in their local currency. So yeah, I mean there'll be options obviously, you know, basically when we build this out for merchants to decide, oh look, I do want twenty five percent of my income to be in Luna, say or in loop or something else, but um they'll have the option to convert it all into, into stable coins at the point of sale. So yeah, huh. that's that's our that's our goal. Um, that's our mission and we're 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 walking in that direction. Right, and
1: obviously it's, you know, you said it's a few years out. What are the, And I'm happy to keep asking questions, seeing as no one else has put their hand up at the moment. So just another reminder to anyone listening, if you do have any questions, put your hand up. But um, as far as that timeline, you said it probably maybe five years. What, is it, what are the main obstacles when you look at, you know, is there a reason it couldn't be done in three years? Is the, are there other bits of infrastructure that need to be built out that are out of your control uh, before you're able to execute, like, what do you oh, see? look, there? I mean,
2: when I say five years, I mean, that's kind of to have it completed. You know, we're, as I said, this City of Melbourne project hopefully is something, you know, that we'll be working on in the next sort of six to 18 months. Um, you know, we've got another product actually that we've been working on for quite a few years now, which is actually a, a delivery on demand app. So think about, you know, Uber Eats or Deliveroo or DoorDash or those types of things. Um, so, We've actually just finished the beta testing with that um, and we'll be rolling that out to local merchants. And then if it if it works, I mean, the, the software works, what I mean, if the business model works um, and we get some good merchant adoption with that, then we'll actually integrate crypto Terra, specifically Terra payments into that um, as well. So it means you'll be able to order food, you know, using your Terra wallet essentially. Um, so, yeah, look. I mean, when I say five years, I guess five years for for sort of mass adoption of this product. But you know, it's it's a long road. As far as the main obstacles are concerned, I mean, there's sort of obviously the on-ramp issue. You know, how do people convert easily? Kato's thankfully just sort of solved that problem quite efficiently and nicely. Um, so we'll be working with them. But then there's also convincing merchants, right? That um, this is something that that they should be looking at. I mean, a lot of merchants are quite old school. You know, they've already got all of their systems set up, you know, from the FPOS machines to their POS systems to their accounting software. Like, you know, there's kind of a lot of tech infrastructure that most businesses have in the background there. And then, you know, if we come in with a new payments, payment solution, it has to integrate with all of their existing, you know, software infrastructure. Um, so, you know, there's obviously lots of, you know, lots of obstacles there as well because there's so many variations of that. Um, so yeah, look. I mean, and then of course, getting people as well just to trust crypto and you know start to use crypto and accept it as a payment solution, and then government regulations as well. You know where the governments are happy to allow people to um, start paying with with crypto directly. So yeah, there's yeah, there's lots of obstacles, um, but you know, there's nothing nothing that can't be can't be solved given time and and persistence. Great
1: attitude to have there. Yeah, there's always going to be a minefield. And if you've got a can-do attitude, there's always a way around that minefield. What I want to do is uh, get George on. I can see George has requested to speak. Mate, the floor is
5: yours. Hey, uh, thanks for that. Um, yeah, Tom, I'm I'm listening to what you're saying. And um, it's, it's something I'm very interested in and been trying to do. So I'm fairly new to the crypto space, but I've got an existing uh, Web2 community in the martial arts space. And so we we provide a platform where we we sell courses uh, memberships, and adding a store component, and and like a big part of what what I'm trying to do in the crypto space is create kind of what you're saying like a bridge where people can use crypto as a form of payment within the store. Um, a few developers I've spoken to have said I'm I'm probably going to run into some SEC type type of problems, um, and but I, but I have seen a few solutions like if if you look at uh, WooCommerce type uh, WordPress plugins that provide sort of a, a a way that you can set that up with with Ethereum and so forth. So, um, you think something like this is far out, or like if I had to take something like this on, like what are what are the pitfalls to
2: watch out for, or am I a bit early on the thinking process? Uh, no, you're definitely not early in the thinking process, and I don't think there's any issues you're going to have with the SEC either. I mean. Products obviously like um, uh, BitPay already allow you to do that. Um, someone actually has already built a WordPress plugin for Terra, um, yeah, so you I saw could that. Just, yeah, you could plug it into WooCommerce and then you could accept payments. Um, you know, directly people could pay directly from their Terra wallets. So yeah, no, I don't think um, you're too far out at all. There's there there are a bunch of pre-existing solutions out there. Uh, it's just a matter of plugging them in and and seeing what works for you. So so if you're saying you see uh,
5: you know you say see this more more five years down the line, are you talking more sort of like brick and mortar
2: type businesses where people can? Yeah, exactly. I'm talking mass adoption of crypto payments. Yeah, you know, I'm not gotcha. talking like obviously you know people are starting to do it now. Um, you know there there are lots of options around now. I'm just talking before we reach a point where everyone's literally paying with crypto on a day day to day basis, you know, I can see that taking sort of three to five years.
5: Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Cool. Thanks for that. No worries. Thanks, awesome.
1: George. Thanks, George. Appreciate it, mate. And again, anyone else who might have some questions, feel free to jump up. Um, and th- look, this is all really helpful because you know, there are people in this chat that I know who I'm not going to out, but I know that they run businesses and they're already accepting, uh, you know, Luna as payments, um, but to make obviously it's very it's very select. You know, there aren't a heap of people that probably are going into that that shop and saying, "Hey, I've got some Luna, let me pay you in that." Uh, but if we can make this easier with these payment rails in future, um, that you're you know that you're working towards, I think it's gonna I think that that'll be really exciting for businesses as this mass adoption does begin to really take hold. Because um, the way I see it, I look at this bell curve of adoption of crypto and, you know, from 2009 to where we are now, I actually don't even think we've hit early majority yet. I think we're towards the late stages of like maybe early adopter. Um, I don't know. What are your thoughts on that one?
2: Yeah, no, I agree. I think we're starting to see that that shift now. I mean, you know, PayPal obviously starting to, to um, offer crypto. I think that was, you know, kind of a big step. Um, so, yeah, I think we're, you're right. We're in that sort of transition phase now. And from here, it's just going to accelerate exponentially, really.
1: Mm, yeah. So, what I'll do, um, you know, I'm looking through the questions that I had prepared. Most of it's sort of covered. There's other things I could drill down on for sure. But as far as, you know, what you'd want anyone who's listening here today or listening here on a on a replay to know, like, what are the key bits of information that you want people to come away from this conversation with and knowing?
2: Um, just check out Loop, really. I mean, check out all of the great products that we've got going, especially, you know, Loop Learn is amazing. Um, I think that's something that can be shared with anybody, you know, even all your sort of normie friends. Um, s- send them there and get them into crypto. Um, obviously, you know, give our decks a try. Keep keep an eye out for our NFT marketplace um, coming out coming out very soon. And join our community as well. I think the the Loop community is really kind of unique. You know, we've got some amazing authors there um, pr- creating some some great content, and it's just a great way to stay up to date with, with what's happening in the Terra ecosystem.
1: Mm, certainly. And regarding, um, you know, the DEX itself as well, <clears throat> in particular, I know that you've got some partnerships that have been forming recently. Obviously, there's Kuji, uh, there's Stata, there's – valkyrie what else is on the horizon
2: yeah look we're we're chatting to um lots of different projects in the in the ecosystem we've been chatting to lido about potentially offering some rewards on some st lunar pools um that that could be interesting uh we're chatting obviously to white whale as well i mentioned them before for nfts but we're also looking at um creating some some loop um whale pools um for them Uh, LunaVerse is about to launch um, their tokens, so they'll be listing uh, on both Loop and on Terraswap. Um, Most of, obviously, all the farming will be done on on Loop, so that's also a really cool project. Um, Yeah, there's a bunch of um, projects who we're kind of chatting to, I guess. And yeah, we really see this as the way to, to sort of, I guess, grow as a DEX, is to to work, you know, one by one, with all the amazing projects that are coming out on Terra. Partner up with them and and offer value, you know, offer value, and then, like I was saying before, uh, hopefully, sort of move those projects into um, building out their own protocol, owned liquidity through the NFT marketplace.
1: Yes, super cool. Of course, you've just recently had like you know the Luna Luna XLP with the dual rewards come through. Know, allowing people to uh, you know be exposed to Luna and essentially get 35 percent APY paid out in in uh, SD or Stata and, and Loop um, is that are we going to see more of these dual rewards coming through these dual yeah, LPs?
2: A hundred percent. Yeah, that's what all of the most of the partnerships we're talking um, about a revolve around is creating these kind of dual rewards and then creating potentially even dual rewards um, NFTs for them you know, where they can earn tokens, not just loop tokens, uh, but also the tokens of the protocol. Uh, so that will apply to both the NFTs as well as the farms.
1: Mate, it sounds like you've got your work cut out for you. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of moving parts and, uh, you know, there's, this, there's an old proverb, which is uh, something to the effect of, you know, man who chases one rabbit, uh, ca- I can't even remember, I'm not going to do it justice, but man who catches multiple rabbits catches none. And so I think what gives me hope with you guys is that you actually have such a sizable team that it's not like there's one person chasing multiple rabbits. You know, you've uh, appropriately got your resources allocated to make sure that all these rabbits are caught, you know, metaphorically speaking.
2: <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the chaser of the rabbit chasers. I just have to chase up all the other rabbit chasers and make sure they're catching rabbits.
1: But you, you're cracking the whip. No, I appreciate this, man. I appreciate your time. Um, I appreciate your your knowledge and everything that you shared today. Um, anyone that wants to check out Loop, uh, best places to find you?
2: Um, yeah, loop.markets is a website, um, loop underscore finance, and Twitter. Uh, they're probably the two best places to start. Awesome. Well, look, thank you so
1: much. Thank you to Terra Spaces for recording this. Uh, hopefully everyone's got some value out of it. If you've got some questions, you know, feel free to fire them through to me or to Tom or to Simon, um, to Loop, jump on Loop, learn. Um, and if you're around tomorrow, I'll be chatting with Dystope AI. But in the meantime, thank you for your time. Tom, I appreciate you. I appreciate you no being here. And we'll leave it there.
2: Thank you. Great. Yeah, great chat. And um,
1: thanks to everyone for joining us. Yeah. And we'll be in contact. Look, if there's anything that you need, if there's anything that Orbital Command can help you with, just you know, reach out, let us know, and we'll do what we can, all right? Great. Same here.
2: All right. Thanks, all right. guys. Cheers, a pleasure. Great day. Bye.
0: Bye. Thanks for checking out another episode of The Ether. That was the Loop Finance AMA hosted by Orbital Command, recorded on Wednesday, February 23rd, 2022. This episode of the Ether was brought to you by Orbital Command, a community validator on Terra dedicated to educating, expanding, and promoting the lunatic community. Follow Orbital Command on Twitter using the link in the show notes to receive regular threads on Terra protocols and yield strategies, news, resources, and Twitter space discussions. You can also support their community efforts by considering them next time you're delegating or redelegating your Luna. Find out more at orbitalcommand.io. This episode of the Ether was also brought to you by... Luart Luart is the first gamified NFT platform built on the Terra network. Luart provides a seamless minting and trading experience all while earning you rewards just for being a user. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and join the community in the Discord server for the most up-to-date news and announcements regarding all the hot new NFT launches, platform upgrades, and new projects hitting the secondary marketplace. Are you ready to put your helmet on and join the movement? Find out more at luart.io. Terra Spaces appreciates the support from all our sponsors. For TerraSpaces.org, I'm Finn. Thanks for listening
3: analyze those situations, what you find is, is that we as humans simply have a
0: profound
3: inability to understand statistics and probability.
0: Stitching these writings, living that life like, who would have guessed, you turn out this nice, right? Avoiding stress, that's the motherfucking secret, print that shit on a motherfucking leaflet. I'm just an asshole hooked on the bricks, looking at the rectangles, damn they kinda thick, we've gone through a whole lot of kings here.
3: I live in New York City, where in our harbor we have a statue. If you melt the water ice that's on, on land, the ocean level will rise to reach her left elbow. That takes out all of New York City. And basically every other coastal city that we've spent thousands of years building uh, in the, since the dawn of civilization.
0: i